Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, editor of PW Comics World and editor of The Fanatic, PW's twice-a-month comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald, the editor-in-chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. Now, you can find us on Twitter, while that's still around, uh, which seems to be a shorter and shorter <laughs> amount of time every day, at, at PW Comics World. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer, and you can find us online on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to More to Come on the Apple Podcast app, on Google Podcasts, and on Stitcher. And on Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. And don't forget... You can leave us a comment or a rating or some kind of uh, indication of how you feel about this podcast, uh, because we love to hear from our listeners. And we know when we run into you at cons, you tell us how much you like it. But leave that <laughs> that sentiment on the web so other people can find it. So uh, please let us know what you think. Yeah, and, and not just for our pocketbook, but because we'd love to know, because we don't go to cons nearly as much these days. And... You know, otherwise we're just shouting into a void of the internet. That's right. Yeah, come on. Come on. Shout Make back. Feel useful. All right. This week on more to come. DCU's, <laughs> <laughs> the DC Universe's new TV, film, slate. Yes. Netflix and the unholy alliance with AI. A week of awards and digital alternatives. All right. Well, and I just signed up for Spoutable. Oh, what's Spoutable? It's a new um, uh, social media platform. Oh, well, tell us about that at the end, Calvin. Yes, it's so Kate, very new. <laughs> you were so excited about the big news. So why don't you be the? Why don't you tell us what happened? All right. So ever since Henry Cavill got a very unfortunate sur- surprise <laughs> a little while ago, finding out that he was not going to be Superman again after all, it has been very clear that DC has completely revamped and reimagined their cinematic universe. Um, James Gunn is the no, new sort of overall showrunner of it all. He's the DC Feige. Yeah. DC and, Feige God. And now, finally, they have announced <laughs> the first 10 projects. And much like the MCU, it is not all confined to one format. Some of these are serialized television and online shows, and some of these are movies. Um, Heidi, what were your first impressions when you saw the list? So it's interesting in that uh, the way this rolled out was a they had a press conference, I think, uh, on Monday night uh, that selected media was attended with James Gunn and Peter Safran, who is the co-CEO of DC Studios, and a very select group. So it didn't leak. However, somebody did tweet at me and say, here's five of the projects, and they were all on the money. So I kind of had, and one of them was like the authority, and I was like, well, that's interesting. And I appreciate that person because it gave me a chance to think about my thoughts. Uh, and so what jumped out at me was um, just how comics centric this was that's really mm. really really all taken from the comics and we've said right along since they announced james gunn that he's a big comics fan comics people were tweeting at him desperately 
you know, let them know they're there. We're here. We're here. We're here. <laughs> we, you know, we, I, we see you. this suspect. Um, <laughs> well, especially because um, some Marvel execs have admitted that they are specifically looking for writers who do not know or like Marvel comics. So I can see that the writers who are huge comic heads would then turn toward the possibility of a universe running universe runner who loves comics. Yeah, and like I, sunflowers toward the sun. And and the 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 ten projects really showed, um, really showed deep knowledge of the comics. Yeah. You know, so there is a there's some deep cuts. So there's some deep cuts there, and there's some obvious ones like a Swamp Thing movie. Now James mm. Mangold. That's not uh, obvious. The director of Logan, one of my all-time favorite superhero movies, and you know many fine films, including Ford v Ferrari, which I love, uh, is been waving his arm, saying, uh, I, "You know, he's they're in talks." Yeah. In Hollywood, Hollywood terms, that means you know they've swiped right, and um, you know they're then he made an Instagram official by posting a, a drawing of Swamp Thing, so that would be great. <laughs> um, I don't think that's an obvious one, Heidi. What? Swamp, Swamp thing? thing. I think it is. No, I'm not saying it's not a good idea. I'm saying that to the general public, if you are like, what's an obvious DC movie idea? I don't yeah. think nine out of ten people would say I, I, Swamp Thing. I well, agree. the reason why I say that is because it's already been done in media quite mm. a few times. And the movie, the original movie from the 80s by Wes Craven, mm. as campy and bad as it is, does have a following. Okay. Yeah. So the movie's still remembered. And of course, Alan Moore's run on the book is a seminal book. Um, they just did mm-hmm. the TV series for the DC Universe platform. So I, and people like horror. So. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad idea. And I'm not at yeah, all putting yeah, down all right. I mean, Swamp Thing. I'm just saying if you're like, our first one is an obvious one, my brain would, would not well, go well, to Swamp let, Thing. Let me ask you guys this then. And Kate, you are obviously our DC expert here because Calvin and I. Well, are, you worked there. Well, I worked there, but I hate DC comics. So that's oh, okay. why I only worked there for a year. And I, and I just don't know as much and he about doesn't it know as, as much you guys. So, so, so let, but let's, but Calvin, uh, so I am prejudiced by having worked there. Mm. So I throw it open to you and Calvin. Okay. Okay. After Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, what are the ones that you do next? Well, I mean, I would think when I see Green Lanterns, I'm like, yeah, okay, I've heard of that, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, that would be a relatively obvious yes, one. Yes, I agree. Right? Green Lantern would be number four, absolutely. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's, a, but it's, it's out there, right? So then. Yeah, you've got a Batman project. Okay, that's a relatively obvious one. And then once you get past that, you're out of obvious territory. Doesn't mean it's not good. Doesn't mean it isn't a great idea. It's so, just not obvious. So you're saying nothing is obvious after Batman, Superman. Well, no, I'm saying I'm saying Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Justice League, Green Lantern. That's it. Those are the obvious ones. Okay. Everything else less obvious. But I would say that like Swamp Thing is like. Third tier in obviousness, because well, the reasons you gave actually to me are they're very good. I mean, I would have I agree with you. I would have never thought Swamp Thing, but you gave a whole lot of good reasons oh, yeah. why it would be. Well, I, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, it's just I'm not saying it's an. Yeah, it's just not obvious to but, me. But I mean, DC does have a problem. I mean, when you get past Superman, Batman, uh, Wonder Woman, I, I I will put Wonder Woman in, and uh, Green Lantern. Uh, what what what's what what trips off your you're well, the next the thing next that event. would trip off my tongue would be Sandman, and they're doing that. Yeah, right. so that right. that would right. be yeah. that would be the right. next thing I'd say after so that, and me, they're doing it. So let me just get back to um to so it's just a couple facts about this. It's called Chapter One, so mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. claim they have a ten year plan. 
Uh, and the name of this chapter is Gods and Monsters, so that's cool. Uh, that definitely su- su- suggests, you know, Themyscira and Swamp Thing to me. And the other... And more monsters, yeah, too. Yeah, so more monsters. And because here's the other... Let's just run down this real fast. And then we can give our thoughts on each of them. Okay, Creature Commandos. That is a deep cut. I did not see that one coming. But apparently <laughs> already in production as an animated show. And, you know, it's a bunch of, of monsters and monstery superheroes. And James Gunn loves it. And he's writing it. Yeah. So... Uh, what yeah. do you think of that? I, like, I think I think that it's only seven episodes. It's animated and it's an easy bone to throw yeah. to James Gunn. Yes, and you can bring it out at Halloween, and uh, the uh, boys between eight and fourteen will love it. That's my that's what I think. Probably so. Yes. I like the Kubert cover that they yeah. use. Yeah, the beautiful. Um, okay, this one again, kind of further along than than any of these other very blue sky projects is Waller, uh, which would be starring Viola Davis, who's yeah. fantastic yeah. as Amanda yeah. Waller. Uh, obviously, she's already been in the, the Suicide Squad movies and mm. in Peacemaker, so that's kind of in the Gunniverse, and yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm all for it. I'm all for it because um, Heidi, I, I think you know, given that you've been to conventions with me, and, <laughs> and you remember. My bemoaning the fact that they they stopped reprinting Suicide Squad yes. after a certain point, and you know, good luck finding them in the back issues at a reasonable price or in any kind of order. That yes, yes, I like Suicide Squad. Yes, sign me up, Amanda Waller, all the way. Um, just don't cast her as like twenty three, and we're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. which they've done, yeah. which they have done in they the past, but they did not do with Viola no, Davis. No, Viola Davis is, is yeah, I'm, like, I'm all for all you know for Viola, Viola Davis yeah. playing anything. Yeah, um, that character certainly. Um, yeah. Okay, next one. Um, this is kind of the big one here. Yes, Superman Legacy. Uh, it's it's uh, this movie. Even give it a release date, July eleventh, twenty twenty five. That is so close. Two years to cast, to write, to cast, to make the special effects. It's going to be so super he- tight. Uh, Going back to the origin story again? Well, no, 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 no. He's been holding up copies of All Star Superman by mm. Grant Morrison and um, mm. okay. Frank Whiteley, uh, which I've never read. But of course, I've, they're, everybody they're loves. I've read the great first takes. Issue. They're on great. Our, our, Kate analysis. Well, analysis. I, I think <laughs> one hand, they're brighter and lighter without being stupid or childish. So I think. My guess is he's holding those up because he didn't like dark and gritty Superman with shades of Jesus and Wolverine, um, which is not, which is not Henry Cavill's fault. It is the writer's fault. Um, so I'm guessing he's holding those up because they have more space stuff. They have a little more hope to them and they were very popular. I don't know that he's going to hold to it any more than that, but given that it's supposed to be talking about um, Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage yes. with his human upbringing, then, you know, yeah, you're going to bring in more space stuff. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. That's definitely an angle that hasn't been explored as much in the films. You've already got a bunch of Superman films out there. You don't want to retread old territory. Uh, could be good. I don't know. We'll as see. long as he's not a peeping Tom. Oh, yeah. Peeping no. on Lois. Yeah, no, uh, anything no, no creepy that. use of no, X-ray. No if, creepy uh, deadbeat dad Superman. Yes. 
No. No creepy deadbeat dad Superman. No peeping Tom Superman. If he accidentally (laughs) sees something G-rated with supervision by accident, okay, fine. But no peeping Tom on purpose. That's just creepy. No stalker Superman. Well, Uh, I read the All-Star Superman stories quite, you know, back when the French came out. And I'm a little fuzzy now. I remember liking them and being impressed uh, that the character was being just sort of refreshed. So this being, you know, a slate put together by somebody who intimately knows and loves comics, Mm. we have moved on. From the, you know, Mort Weisinger era, the Julius Schwartz era, to the Grant Morrison era. Yeah. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. great. That's yeah. fantastic. Um, the next uh, project on the list is Lanterns. Now, uh, you could, I could do a whole poll podcast talking about the first Green Lantern movie, which is really where it all went off the rails yeah, for DC. Well, I will say that that movie was vastly improved by seeing it with a friend of mine who grew up an Air Force brat <laughs> who had a lot of opinions about yes. pilots and thought it was unintentionally hilarious because of her many, many feelings yes. about how arrogant pilots are. And, but, uh, uh, yeah, if you didn't, if you didn't have, uh, Elspeth Dixon sitting next to you as you were yeah. watching Green Lantern, it would have been like one half cheesy and one half but why though you know i just love the i've said this on the podcast before so i forgive me but uh i just the 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 most amazing thing about the green lantern movie is that it starred taika waititi as the as the sidekick and yet when he made thor ragnarok no one knew who he was so i'll leave that there you go yeah Yeah. uh but anyway but reinventing the the green lantern very popular it is really the number the number four franchise at dc uh, for audiences has been a top priority. So there was a TV show in the works for Greg Berlanti, who did the Arrowverse on the CW, and that's been up and down, and everybody's it happening, is it isn't? Well, it's not happening. Instead, there's this show, Lanterns, that will focus on Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. Yay, we need mm-hmm. to bring Jon Stewart, one of the yes. very few black characters of oh, note, but, into the DC. Yes, but Kate. not just that. You need to bring in, the fact is Lanterns, plural, yes. I think pulls on part of what makes Green Lanterns good and different and stand out from other superheroes is that it's a core, is that they are intergalactic law enforcement and and capitalizing on that by having more than one Green Lantern and having them investigate a mystery – is a good idea. Well, that's the good and it, news. And it can lead to a whole new realm of storytelling. Yeah. The bad news, well, I say, that's the good news. The question mark news is that they say it's very much in the vein of true detective. So, okay. I, I don't know. I we'll don't know see. about that. Mm-hmm. If it's going to rip off, um, you know, Alan Moore and uh, Thomas Ligotti, all right. I, I mean, it could just be code for HBO's making yes. it and yes. it's uh, not light and bright and it involves detectives. Maybe, I mean, who knows? We'll see. Farrell. That would be cool. He's doing Penguin. I guess that's still happening. Okay. Now we come to, to me, the big, bold stroke here, which is the authority. Oh, yeah. no. And oh, no. Uh, now, I've never read the authority. Oh, so I've read I'm, the authority. I'm, I like yeah. the authority, yeah. and I don't think this is a good idea. So, so Kate, there's a lot of queer <laughs> content in the authority, correct? Yeah, there is a lot of queer content in the authority, but there's so many other things that will just, I can only imagine the horribleness of a movie it might translate into. <laughs> so I, I love the authority. Don't get me wrong. I own all the authority up to a certain point after which the original writer left for greener pastures. Um, but while it does include the Apollo and the Midnighter, who are the core two superheroes who are roughly equivalent in powers to Superman and Batman, though most definitely not in personality, no matter what anyone mm. says. Um, and they're a couple and they're great. But 
also the authority takes advantage of the fact that it is an unrealistically drawn comic to do a lot of very over the top, very, very over the top, sometimes would definitely be really disgusting if done live action kind of thing. And this comic came out before the boys, before mm. all the, the. Oh, it was the first of its kind. I mean, mm. the authority is actually one of the most influential comics of the last 25 right. years. Right. No question. Right. Mm. But unfortunately for someone making this, the bits that haven't already been done in a televised medium are the worst bits mm. other than the gay. The gay is the good bit, but that's, I, I think they're going to be, I don't know. I just knowing the authority and its flaws and good qualities, I feel like the genre bending is no longer as groundbreaking as it was, right. which is, you know, the old Z rust mm-hmm. problem. And, um, and that just leaves the super violence and the people being complete jerks to each other. So, I mean, the, 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 <sighs> The blog line of the authority is that, you know, it's about the team who thinks the world is broken and they want to fix it by any means ne- necessary. It is the proto-fascist superhero mm. after Watchmen. I mean, Watchmen is the first Well, one. but I mean, but- it's, it's, but also there's, that's, by any means necessary is, swings both toward some things that are fascist and some things that are incredibly much more merciful mm-hmm. than you see in, in some other comics where instead of it being like, Instead of the goal being must punish, the goal is must fix. Mm-hmm. And so if not killing the villain who did all these terrible things means that more innocent people will live and do better, then you don't kill him. Because the the idea is a better world. Well, I'll say this. This does not seem to be a theme that the MCU has explored at all. And um, uh, maybe the time will be right for it again. I mean... <laughs> I, I, mean, I agree the boys is kind of, yeah, from I, the I feel like it, it's, but... but also I just feel like a lot of things that are not over the top on the page, that on the page, because it's unrealistic art, because it's in that paper comic book format, it's more palatable yes. and less disgusting. Yeah, well, the original book was written, was created by Warren Ellis and, and Frank, Brian, no, it was Brian Hitch, wasn't it? Well, and Frank Quitely as well. I thought it was Brian Hitch. He was there too. Okay. The, the three of them were all involved in okay. the early authority. Right. Okay. I, be- I believe you know your DC a lot better mm. than I do. And you cannot miss Frank mm. Quitely face. Right. It's mm. it's unmistakable. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, so, the, you know, another problem with this is that, um, you know, Warren Ellis is on the restricted list now, so you're not going to be able to, you know, unless something really dire or amazing happens, you're not going to be able to trot out the friendly creator on stage at Hall H. No one cares. Should they make this? But, um. Your target audience for authority does not care. Yeah, but, well, I was, yes, that's true, but guess what? Comic book fans care. I think the comic book fans who want to see this, unfortunately, are not the ones who care. Because you know who's going to want to see this? Young men who like super violence. Yes, absolutely. You know who doesn't care that Warren Ellis is a big yes. old creep? 
young men who I, like I super right violence. Yes. that for sure. I agree with that. And I think uh, you're right about super violence so the, as well. So after I'm looking at Wikipedia right now, after the Ellis Hitch run, you know, the Authority was, by the way, the most influential visual yeah. comic of the era because it introduced the whole widescreen, um, by you know, widescreen comics because Brian Hatch had this really incredible way. And the next run was Mark Miller and Frank Whiteley. So it was the second run that mm-hmm. had Whiteley on it. Um, with issue. He was in the early yeah. issues. Yeah, yeah, so. it was issue 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just looking mm. at them. Uh, anyway, look, we're already really debating this. If they <laughs> ever make this movie, a lot of people are going to talk about it. So. Oh, yeah. Um, but this is definitely one of those movies that I'm going to let other fans <laughs> of similar temperament see first mm. before I haste it. it carefully creep into the theater yeah. because while I love the comics it might be too much for me on a big screen now our next project here uh, as well I, I thought you skipped over Booster Gold I'm well I have a probably a different list than you do I so, have the one from your website okay I'm reading the one from Vulture <laughs> because I didn't bray and bald it uh, I thought what they had to say was interesting um, I'm going to jump to the brave and the bald though yeah. because this is the Batman project and this is another Grant Morrison story because it brings in Damian Wayne uh, so it's Batman and Robin, and you know Damian Wayne is a little sh- sh- hor- horrible little boy. <laughs> yes, he is horrible little boy. He and is the worst Robin. Yes, which oh, in no its doubt. own yeah. way makes yeah. him the best Robin so, because they just lean into his awfulness. So I think that's a brilliant idea to bring in Damian Wayne. I will leave. I will just say this: if they should make this movie, it will be called Batman and Son. Okay, that will be the name <laughs> yeah. of this. Movie. Well, no, it depends on how they make it because yeah. you see. Depends on because the run they're talking about, Batman's not Bruce Wayne. Batman's Dick Grayson filling in for Bruce Wayne while everyone thinks he's oh. dead. So this could be how you can have two Batman stories going on simultaneously in the same universe. Yeah, very good, yeah. yeah is yeah. that you can have Batman over here doing whatever, and Bruce Wayne, Batman over here doing whatever, and. Dick Grayson, Batman, not knowing he's alive right. and thus being able to be in this series. I, I, I do think they made it clear that things like uh, the Robert Pattinson Batman and the Joker are part of Elseworlds movies. Oh, right. We even talked about that, the whole <laughs> DCU Elseworlds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but I mean, if you love that initial run, mm. that initial run, this comic... It, it's not gonna be Bruce Wayne. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. right. I mean, maybe they will not be able to get away with it. Maybe they will not be able editorial interference. Maybe they just will be like, you can't sell a Batman who's not Bruce Wayne. Too bad. It's gonna be Bruce Wayne. It's not gonna be this Dick Grayson story. Hmm. I mean, I or just Batman like, couldn't get a studio to do that. Well, I mean, the thing is, if it's a television series, you can have both of them. You can have your cake and you can eat it too because it's serialized and you can include both. And they may go, what's better than one Batman, two Batman? That's right. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Uh, okay. Booster Gold. All right. All I right. Mean, that's a deep cut. Hell but, yes. But, yeah. uh, is it a deep cut? Yes. Yes, it is. But it's a deep cut that I'm not surprised by the, the because lo- James Gunn loves comedy. And the, 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 the log line, by the way, it's about a loser from the future who uses basic future technology to come back to today and pretend to be a superhero. And by the way, when this is created by like Dan Jurgens back in the 80s, it predicted social media influencers, hmm. all of that. I oh, mean, yeah. He is was, a social media yeah, influencer. Yes, he was in the he, 80s. He'll fit perfect. He, Booster Gold was a social media influencer. Well, so it's almost, an, again, another story where history has caught up with it. Well, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> 
the 80s had their share of these people. If, if you remember how the world found out Donald Trump existed, yeah, it was a thing. Um, but now you don't need to buy a billboard. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I am personally psyched. I'm a huge fan of Booster Gold. I really, really hope they bring in Blue Beetle at some point, even if as a recurring character. Blue Beetle movie coming out in June. So. So, you know, which we could get to after we run right, down but I'm just light, saying, but... like, if you've got both, you might want to bring one yeah. on, at least as a guest star. It could be cool. But um this is particularly a hopeful sign to me because whenever DC, at a certain point, was going to be going really dark, they would always be like, Oh, we need to get rid of Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. <laughs> so anytime that, 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 like, they're like, we hate comedy. Comedy is for losers. They'd be like, quick, cancel Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. So the fact that they're bringing it back, the fact that they're bringing Booster Gold to live action in any ongoing way is for me a good sign for a sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah. And not a, not the like, aren't we gritty sense of humor of Suicide Squad, which is fine. Don't mind Suicide Squad at all. But the like humor that is not self-consciously like super, super grimdark is a good sign. It's a good sign for balance. Well, if you, it I gives mean, me some hope. If you've looked at Gunn's work, I mean, it's far from grimdark. Right. But what I'm saying is that He's not the only person involved here, yeah, absolutely. right? Like people have to greenlight what he does, and his humor can vary on a scale between fluff and darkity dark, dark, dark. Yeah, and so, Booster Gold being on the slate, just saying it's a good sign. Could you make a grim dark Booster Gold? Yes, and it would be terrible, and I don't think they're going to do it. Well, yeah. so so Kate, where on the grim dark scale does Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow land? Because I haven't read that at all. And this is based I. on the Tom King, Bilkus Evely hmm. book that just came out a few years ago. Actually, twenty twenty two. It came out last year. I did not read it. Mm. Well, I guess now. Just to be clear, Tom King has actually been at James Gunn's side through this. He is his number one comic book uh, confidant in this. So good for Tom. As I said, winner of the week, Tom King. Um, Well, I love uh, Bill Casavelli, so people seem to be excited about this. Uh, Swamp Thing we talked about. uh, That leaves one uh, Paradise Lost taking place before. I'm just going to read this before Kate goes into it. So because I know she has a lot of thoughts. Taking place before the events of Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman <laughs> films comes with Gunn and Safran are calling a Game of Thrones-inspired series set on Themyscira, Diana's birthplace. While there are no official plot details available yet, Gunn hinted, hinted that the series may deal with the origins of Themyscira and the political power plays of the island. Mm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Here is where first I must confess my biases. Mm. One, I love court intrigue. Mm-hmm. And historical fiction. Two, I really like fiction with lots and lots of female characters. <laughs> Three, I don't want anything about Themyscira to be primarily about dudes or wanting to get involved romantically with dudes. Just saying. So. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on one hand, 
this could be my dream project. On the other hand, this could be kill it with a spork. Mm. It depends when they say Game of Thrones. My question is, is it court intrigue Game of Thrones or is it Rapovision Game of Thrones? Because if it's a Rapovision Game of Thrones, count me out. If it's like, ooh, who's going to do what? How is this politics stuff going to happen? Building a society, blah, blah. Okay, cool. Sign me up. But if it's if it's all about how Hippolyta is very conflicted because she, like, totally is very attracted to this male person, but, like, the Amazons, though, and then we're all supposed to want to have sex with the male person, I... I, I, I no, no. Is there no, is there no. is there any comics based uh basis for the the bad take? Yes. Oh. Yes, there is. Oh dear. Um for one thing, um there's the New 52 where it turns oh. out that in New 52, oh yeah, there was the whole the whole like Zeus is is Diana's secret baby daddy. Mm-hmm. It's, well, is no, is Hippolyta's secret secret daddy secret baby daddy of Diana, Mm. which, no. And also, there was heavily implied also in New 52 that um, maybe there was some rape of, yeah, there was some rape of male sailors by Amazons. Yes, that the Amazons. That was heavily implied. And might go a little far, you know. Yeah, and it's just like that was that was a nobody needed that story. Mm. Nobody needed that story. Men didn't need that story. Women didn't need that story. Nobody needed that story. As witness the fact that it's been put in a drawer and shoved in a box and pretended it didn't happen by the comics for many years, as it should. But if you're like Game of Thrones on Sea Mascara, you could go in that direction. And I sincerely hope they don't. So yeah, this is... Listeners, I'm going to let you in on something. <laughs> um, b- before we even did our podcast topic list, Calvin and Heidi woke up to an email for me that, that had the subject line, Cautiously optimistic? Yeah, question mark, indeed. exclamation never, mark, yes. question mark. Kate never emails yeah. us out of the blue like that. So, so we were, clearly, we were uh, shook. they struck I was shocked. Yeah. I don't know about you, Calvin. Yeah. So, and in case you can't tell by listening to Kate, she is absolutely yes. James Gunn, job done. Uh, for the Fitzsimmons, um, demographic. Yeah, yeah, we're well, demographic. The Fitzsimmons demographic. You know. Which is the demographic you need to win over. Now, it just. Well, I mean, the demographic is female comic geeks. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's female DC geeks. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Um, who actually know who all these people are. Right. Yeah. And I. So this could be good. Yeah. And I've had about as much input as. <laughs> I'm capable of. Yeah. So there you go. But I'm hovering here in the background, all ears. Yeah. Uh. Well, I uh, listen. I've, insiders. I've heard a couple things from insiders. Uh. And number, what can you tell us? Well, what I can tell you is that. Uh. Well, I put this on Twitter. It's like, and as our conversation reveals, every single one of these is really based on a comic book. And uh, my understanding is that mm-hmm. the Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow is already sold out on Amazon. Yeah. Good. It's like number five in comic books or something. So, you know, we're already seeing sales increase for these books. And I mean, can you imagine how many copies the authority would sell if they make an authority movie? So this is great for DC Mm. comics. It's great for DC comics in that if, if five of these, any five of these projects are made, 
It's going to sell, which I don't think more than five are going to be made. But still, but Mm. still, it's a plan. Development hell is the thing. Yes, Uh, but they will sell a hell of a lot of comics based on these. And also, DC Comics was included in the rollout of all this. They had, they they had a whole story on DC Com, and they have a reading list, and they've been they've been really so smart, very encouraging. So it's very encouraging to tie the movies to something, right? Because this is something that we ourselves have brought up here at. at, Mm more to come many more times than once which is you know the question of why do some comic book movies sell comics and others not and the answer is you need to have a specific comic that is not a tie-in comic a pre-existing comic that people can point to and go this one yep yeah and even if you don't completely 100 percent follow it there's a clear linkage and you can go, oh, I see how this inspired that. And, you know, Marvel doesn't do that, but the one or two times that they have, like with the Always Infinity sells. Gauntlet, mm-hmm. I mean, that was a bestseller for like years, literally. The whole year in between, um, you know, Avengers. To, didn't there used to be a sense in the comics industry that, oh, it, it, you know, movies don't move comics? I think that was a very old it was a idea. Old, so. A very old one. Well, yeah, a very selective But, idea. but more, more often it was because it was very hard in the within the movie to point out or yeah. no one took the time to do it. Uh, but they seem to really put a lot of effort into making sure they can link these movies to actually the print stories so, that would be their, you know, inspiration. And so a couple of other people have told me that, um, you know, it's so far out. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, and they have four movies to release this year. They have nothing to do with it. But, you know, word on the street is that the Flash ending is being tinkered with. Because as we've said, you can do a lot with that, too, because uh, the Flash goes through dimensions. So a lot can be done with the Flash as he traverses different dimensions and times to kind of tie into this new Gods and Monsters universe. So we'll see. You know, as I said, positive feelings for this slate seem yeah. to last a whole day. And in the internet, that's about 18 years. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I kind of wonder if some of the slate and the monsters part of the God and Monsters is maybe part of what helped them sell it mm-hmm. to Warner Brothers because – as you may have heard, many executives at Warner Brothers strangely do not like comics. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do like horror. And mm-hmm. so leaning as hard as you can into the horror elements as part of your slate would definitely help sell it. And you know the video of Gun. You know, it, you know he's he's enthusiastic. Uh, he he, you know, he clearly wants to to get that across uh, that there's like a new sheriff, mm-hmm. uh, and he's and and you know he's 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 the one that's going around and arresting people and writing the comp right. the movies. So it's uh you know yeah I mean I'm of course familiar with all these characters. I have not read many of these books, but I'm I'm more curious about it. And frankly, I think I'm going to go out and get. Supergirl in mm-hmm. the world of tomorrow. Well, you're gonna have to get them for your Kindle because it's yeah. Well, that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think part of this is why it's coming out so early is because I think they figured otherwise it's gonna leak. But I think part of it is to get out in front of of what press there was before, which was not great. Um, because the only way we were finding out about any of this is when some soon to be former or possibly soon to be former. Uh, DC actors would go, well, I guess I'm not doing this, or I don't know if I'm doing that. And 
you know, it left a bad taste in some people's mouths. So you want to lean more into the positive and bring it to the table. Right. Well, there hasn't been much good news other than Sandman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, the, listen, the, the, you know, they are under the gun, uh, no pun intended, but, uh, you know, Warner Brothers Discovery is under a lot of pressure. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, they've been killing, they killed every other project. By the way, the Arrowverse is dead, you know, like Berlanti, mm. he's it, gone. It had a long run. It had a long, great run, but you know, it's time for a new thing. And, you know, the stock is, plummeting and there's just so many financial issues that Warren Brothers Discovery so this is what they needed they oh. needed to have an optimistic uh you know uh slate of projects and that was well received and it's been well received so mission accomplished yeah and I mean one of the things that they needed to live down and that frankly they need to fix before any of these come out is their app is so unspeakably bad that even people who pay for it sometimes pirate the content because that's the only way you can watch it. So, you know, maybe work on that, dude. Yeah. yeah. Well, there were a couple of other stories this week. Um, and one of them was something, uh, I didn't actually see this, but Netflix is in trouble for a lot oh, of things. Oh, yes. Password sharing crackdown. Uh, but they made a cartoon using AI art. I, I didn't see the story. What, 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 what's the, what's the, Okay, so here's the deal. Now, listeners, you may have figured out that uh, AI art is a little controversial in comics and anime. Well, uh, Netflix apparently didn't get that memo or didn't care because they made an anime short film called The Dog and the Boy. Uh Uh-oh. And they said, oh, well, we only did this because of labor shortages. Uh. Um, so we use image generation technology for the background image of all three-minute video cuts. Uh, so basically, all the backgrounds are AI created. And the background designer is listed as quote-unquote AI plus human. Yeah. And they're claiming that it's it's due to a labor shortage. Yeah. But the thing created, is created by their own labor practices. Yeah. <laughs> See, and the thing is that there's there's no shortage of people who would yeah. love, love to make anime, yes. but they get paid so badly yeah, that work- most competent <laughs> oh. Japanese that many competent Japanese graphic artists who would love to be animators and are trained to be animators are doing something else so that they can afford to, I don't know, eat. So, like, it's a little tone deaf to be trumpeting the fact with little, you know, happy emojis and smiley faces that you use AI to do the background because there just aren't enough animators. There's just the labor yeah, shortage. Right, we work our, our artists to death. We yeah. pay them nothing, so they don't want to work for us. So we've got to come up with something. He, they, they, they left out a huge chunk of yeah. information Jesus. about right. why they're facing this right. And labor this is shortage. this is not some some tiny little studio that has no budget. It's freaking Netflix. Yeah, they could afford to pay some animators a little better, but they didn't. So, so the question. Is is this a, a harbinger of things to come, or is it a trial balloon just to see how fans react? Yeah, I'm hoping it's a trial balloon, um, but I fear it is not. Well, it's issue facing. Well, I every mean, content every, creating you industry, some of the, there is the AI, you know, pitches yeah. I get every day. 
Calvin, yeah. I'm sure you get them too. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And, I mean, you know, the things that they're doing. Now, we did have on the beat, we had a uh, a big survey of AI comics that the writer worked on for months, and they went out and they read all of the ones that are sincere efforts by comics makers to use this technology mm. for storytelling. And, um, you know, it doesn't pass judgment. I mean, it does say mm. that a lot of them had to be tweaked by humans. But, um, you know, look, we're going to have to learn to live with this. Yeah, because it's not it's going It's not anywhere. going away. Yeah. It is, mm-hmm. you know, it is here yeah, to stay. We're seeing it going into things like audiobooks where they're generating AI-generated, you know, you know, comp, you know, yeah. uh, uh, readings, yeah, voices, and, yeah. uh, you know, um, well, I mean, Q&As. the audiobook one is just an extension of the screen reader technology, right. which yeah. the visually challenged have yeah. been using for many years. A lot of this is just I haven't a- heard it. I assume that they are, it has some lifelike qualities. Some. Yeah, yeah I've yeah. seen it. I haven't heard it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's getting better. It's yeah. getting better. Well, that's what we hear about in well, every area. You know, I was, it's getting better. I've used these chatbots to, you know, from solve my problems and it hasn't been able to do it. But, you know, I have hard questions like how do you change the background image on a WordPress newspaper theme and, you know, when the CSS is messed yeah. up. But so far it hasn't known. But, uh, you know, someday it will. But yeah, <laughs> because I've, I myself have also used, uh, customer service chatbots and in earnest trying very best, my very best to like, Phrase it as carefully as I can, and I'll mm. tell you, the chatbots are less competent than the uh, native Russian speaker I worked with today <laughs> using Google Translate. Yeah. Um, the the human Russian speaker, who's admittedly English is better than my Russian, uh, was was a far better and more competent conversationalist than a tailored AI bot who is supposed to be helping me with the very simple questions about the website yeah. that I'm looking at. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, we seem to get these stories of, uh, you know, really what's going to happen to an industry if AI invades it alongside of someone who does a deep dive and comes up with really awful results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we know it's getting better. Yeah. And the question is not just, is it getting better? But also, you know, there's a lot of questions about how many things will the AI not take off, but in fact just copy whole cloth. You know, I, I that's the big concern. I would be. I know you guys didn't get a chance to read it. I will. I will send you the link to this the story that my staffer wrote uh, because I yeah, think there's I'd a like lot of very it. interesting mm-hmm. yeah. things in there that. They talk about, and as I, I, I wrote in the intro, well, these are remembered as nostalgically surreal artifacts or the first steps of a new form of expression yeah. because they are really weird. And there is a certain aesthetic to them that is, you know, like the weirdness of early computer music, for instance, mm. which I love. So, you know, there is... I, and what, you know, if you're using AI to help your research, for mm-hmm. instance, yes. does that count? Or not count against you or, or what? I mean, teachers who are, seem to be terrified of, of cheating. I mean, some teachers are saying, well, maybe there's another way to put it to use. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, who else got caught? You know, CNET got caught because they were using AI to generate content farm articles and they got caught. And they also realized that it was like, you know, essentially plagiarizing other writers and, yeah. uh, they had to stop it. So listen. They're also pretty unreadable. Yeah. You know, humans will still be hired just to clean up the AI work. And <laughs> yes. like, well, hopefully. We'll, we'll have some, we'll be able to, you know, be hourly workers for our, you know, yes. our chat AI, you know, overlords. Yeah. 
So, well, Calvin, what else happened this week? Oh, what did what else? What did else happen? Um, oh, a week of awards. Oh, yes, I think there was a a fairly well known festival in France. Well, Angoulême, yes, took place, and uh, the Grand Prix was won by Riyadh Satouf. Yes, uh, who has a couple of books out in English, including the uh, you know. Well, the, his masterful series. Yeah, yeah, which I can't remember the name of. What is the it? Arab the, of the, the future. Arab of the future. The Arab yes. future. Yes. And he has another one out that's called uh, Esther's, Esther's Notebooks. Esther's Notebooks. Which is, um, in his perfectly hilarious yes. and cringing style. Yeah, so we're basically. <laughs> it's a little of both. He talks to a girl and, yes. you know, writes down what she says, supposedly. But, yes. um, yes. which is out from <laughs> Random House this, uh, month. But anyway, he's very yes. popular in France, so, uh, well deserved. And it. I should point out at publishedweekly.com slash com, well, it's yeah. actually in the author profile section. Huh? Uh, Meg Limke, PW's graphic novel review editor, did an author profile of Satouf, uh, and that looked at Esther's Notebooks. Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. so check it out. So we also had the uh, ALA Youth Media Awards that are given away at uh, the Winter ALA, now called ALA LibLearn X. Um, okay, the Newberry, the Calicott, and the Prince Awards, none of which were run by graphic novels this time. However, quite a few books were honor-listed and long-listed, including several that you love, Calvin, like Victory Stand, Raising My yes, Fist for Justice. Yes, that's a great book. That's a great that book. That was... You know, um, by uh, Daoud Anubile mm-hmm. and uh, Derek Barnes, uh, but of course it's the biography of the great Tommy Smith. Yes, and this book uh, was on several lists. I mean, listen, yes. uh, in fact, it was the winner of the Yelsa Award for Excellence okay. in Nonfiction for Young Adults. So that's a pretty good, it's a pretty nice um, yes, honor absolutely. for it. Uh, Himawari House by Harmony oh, Becker. Great book. Yes, she won uh, the Asian Pacific American Award for Literature and the Youth Literature Award. They usually, most of these awards have three categories, picture books, children's, and youth. Yes. You know, middle grade and YA. Uh, but Himawari House won that. And Harmony Becker's great. I should point out she's the artist of uh, They Called Us Enemy, oh, yes, George yes. Takei um, mm-hmm. biography. So it's great to see her have a uh, a book that, you know, of her own. And then there is the uh, Pura Belpre uh, Awards that honor Latinx writers and illustrators. And in the category of children's author, children's author, they have them for art and for author, very thorough, our librarian mm-hmm. friends. Uh, the Bell- Children's Author Award winner was Frizzy, published by First Second by Clarabelle A. Ortega mm-hmm. and with art by Rose Busamra. If I may sh- a shout out, because I know Clarabelle and she's oh. uh, she's a wonderful person. She's great. We went to Cuba together. <gasps> she's a multi-talented. Oh. She's a, a YA and, uh, and middle grade prose writer and an all-around astonishing, fabulous oh wonderful person. I That's great to hear because I was not familiar with her or this book. So. Her first graphic novel, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, well, very so, good. Um, and she's had a lot of success with it. I think that covers the major winners. We could mention just quickly uh, that Johnny Christmas's swim team, oh, yes. which was, I think, nominated for a Harvey. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think it won. Yeah. Uh, but he, he, the, he, that book has gotten a lot of... You know, and Victory a, a Stand uh, was also on, I believe... It, it was a nominated for nominated the National, National Book, book Award, Award for Young People's uh, One other book I'd like to call out, actually, is, because they are also awesome, 
Uh, let's see if I can figure out what it won because this list is so long, my friends. <laughs> it's okay. an incredibly All right. long the list. The Alex Award is honors the ten best adult books that appeal to teen audiences. Okay, that's an interesting. Uh, so category. there was well, a lot of graphic novels have yeah. won this award. Uh, Chef's Kiss. Oh, was on there by mm-hmm. Jarrett Melendez. And then another one, I know Calvin, The High Desert, Black Punk oh, Nowhere by what, James yes. Spooner. Yes. And then a book we all love so much here, Wash Day Diaries yes. by Jamila Rouser and Robin Smith. Yes. Uh, you know, but I didn't realize that that had been re-released by Chronicle because it yes. was self-published at first. It was by self-published Jamila. Yes, as a, almost a zine-like book, mm-hmm. but, um, uh, it's enlarged and expanded in. Mm-hmm. And Chronicle yeah. isn't known for putting out graphic yeah. novels really. So that was kind of an interesting flex for them and good for them. Yeah. Now it's an award-winning graphic novel. Yes. So lots of awards. <laughs> A lot of awards yeah. and it took God me bless them all. Two hours. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to mention this just because uh, I, I'm not going to get out of here in time to get dinner. So might as well just do the whole thing. There were two graphic novel adaptations that won books for uh, audiobooks, so, which I don't understand, but they hmm. did. Demon in the Wood, which okay. is Shadow and Bone by Lee Bardugo. Very, very popular. And then the Lunch Lady books also, oh, the really? audiobook oh, adaptation. So, you know, I know they're doing audiobooks and graphic novels now. And There you uh, go. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. All right. What else do we have? Um... I think we have a, a bunch of digital. Oh yes, some digital. Well, so so okay. So with the we've been talking about Comicsology going bye bye on Amazon, or you know they laid off almost the entire staff. Uh, but there are digital stirrings, and so what happened at Kodansha this week? So Kodansha has a deal with Crunchyroll and Azuka, and. Kodansha has announced that they are pulling a significant number of their licenses from this simul pub mm. with Crunchyroll and Azuka, Azuki. Um, they're pulling Space Brothers, card character Sakura, um, To Your Eternity, Fairy Tale, and just a lot of titles. Um, Shonen Jump has already gone to its own app. Shueisha has Manga Plus. Kadansha well, says want... that, in quote, we at Kadansha are deeply sorry with those of, to those of you who have kept up to date through the Simulpub format. And while we can't divulge any details at the moment, we have exciting announcements to make about Simulpubs in the coming months. Quote. We just want to tell people who may not so, understand what Simulpub yeah, is. Mm-hmm. You're right. Simulpub is simultaneous publication. So, Part of the reason why there were so many scanlations floating around of manga is that frequently it would be years before they were officially translated into English. And so now a lot of the manga publishers have gone to simultaneous translation of their major titles into English. Um, and it's been great for the manga publishers financially and great for the readers. But, you know... It could be that Kadansha found a better deal. It could be that they're willing, they're ready to take the training wheels off and do their own thing now that they've observed other people doing it for them. I I don't know. We'll see. But clearly they've got something planned because they're not stepping away from doing Simon So I do think a lot of publishers kind of saw the handwriting on the wall with the Amazon's uh, comiXology, the integration of comiXology there or non-integration. 
And uh, there's a big story, uh, the return of Todd Allen, Kyle. Kyle yes. Did you see? Uh, uh, yes. Kyle, uh, yes. Todd, who wrote about digital comics for yes. both PW and The Beat for yes, years. And then he kind of stepped away, and he hasn't actually written anything for years. So that's kind of really happy I was able to lure him back. So he has a big think piece about about all this and where it might yeah. go. But uh it's very – he points out a couple things that are interesting – is that, you know, DC is absolutely pushing DC Universe Infinite and then Marvel Infinite Comics, whatever they're called. I, I, guy, yeah. I, I, you don't read them, but both of them have all you can eat Netflix yes. services for their comics and they're both push, well, DC is definitely pushing theirs quite a bit of late. It sounds like Viz and, and the manga publishers are also kind of pushing their, their own proprietary Netflix digital comics platforms a little bit. Um, so yeah. And then, uh, there are two, there are two kind of new platforms. Well, one is not new, uh, but there are two that I say are kind of trying to vying to fill the void. And one is global comics. And we've talked to the guys behind that here on the podcast. We talked to them a few years ago and they're still around. They're, they're going to be launching a new app very soon that they hope will have a lot of features, be very feature-rich. And they have really staked a claim. I would call them as the the Comixology Submit hmm. replacement because they really talk to a lot of indie creators and have a lot of indie books up there. And I, I even somebody told me today that their book is, is been, you know, they're signing a deal with a small publisher who's signing a deal with Global Comics to get their books up there. So, you know... Uh, it's creating a new platform. The other is a new one called Omnibus. Uh, they have a website right now. Now it shows comics by Image and Boom and Valiant. I assume that they wouldn't be showing these comics unless they had been in talks. Yeah. Swipe right. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> uh, yeah. As we say. So I would guess that when they do launch, they haven't launched yet, we might see those publishers on this platform. So it's by guys with a big tech background in, um, I think one was at Reddit and, you know, mm-hmm. Spotify, uh, Shopify. I mean, they worked at a lot of places. Uh, and I might be wrong about Shopify, by the way. I don't have it in front of me. So, uh, but anyway, these are tech guys. I talked to them earlier, just kind of on background. They're big digital comics readers, big digital comics fans. And they're, you know, trying to make a, an app, a new platform that is more useful for comics readers, dedicated comics readers than Amazon Kindle readers. Yeah. Because it is, right? It is, it's, 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 it's subpar. Yeah, subpar. It's, Heidi was talking earlier about how, uh, you know, comics readers haven't changed a whole lot in the last 10 years since about 10 years ago's iteration of Comixology. And, uh, well, Kindle's kind of taken a step backwards from that. So that sort of leaves the market wide open for new innovations. Yeah. And look, are these, Going to be huge platforms that get sold to Apple for, you know, $50 million? Probably not. Mm, But But on the other hand, they might still be good. They might still be good. And I I do think we're going to see a new digital comics bake off. More to come. More to come. (laughs) (laughs) My my response to almost everything. Yeah, Yeah. Calvin. Calvin, We called him the more to come kid. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. The more to come kid. There you go. All right. Uh, I can't think. That might be yeah, it, right? Might be. Well, so that's great. Yeah. So I can get out of here early this week because I we were here so late. We had so much to cover last week. You might remember it was a special double sized edition, jam packed news of more to come, and it was so late when we finished. We'd never finished so late before, 
And when I was walking home, I got locked in the park. <laughs> After telling us this great uh, <laughs> exhibition it was in, which I still yeah. haven't seen, but which I've been reading about, yeah. actually. And uh, and then I, you know, I saw the video of you, like, wandering, like, you know. <laughs> well, what's funny about the video is that it would have been, I, I wouldn't have really cared. Escape from Madison Square Park. I wouldn't Square have really park. cared, except it was, if you might recall, it, and it was, was pouring, pouring rain. frigid <laughs> rain, freezing rain, and I, and I had leaky shoes. Kate had even offered to it give was kind me of like warm a comic socks horror movie. out of the yes. goodness dun, dun, of her dun. heart, and I turned Will her she down. make it out? And I was like, how the Who's hell? Who's going to feed her cat? And then, and then, and then they're all like, <laughs> the comments on my TikTok are like, why does she not jump the fence? It's three feet high. Like, so I'm making a, a response to those comments. No I'm sympathy jumping out the there. fence. I'm going to yeah. jump that no fence, you guys. I'm going to get there. But yeah. anyway. Uh, yeah. So uh, if you jump the fence, they better get out of the way. Well, it's not no. that easy to jump that fence. It's four feet high, yeah, by the way. And I'm you. five foot yeah, four. So, like a, you know, I got to climb the fence. There was yeah. no jumping for me at my age. But um, You found a way out there. I I got home. I got home, but yeah. at, at that thanks rate, to Shape, shape Yeah, shack. just yeah, follow the, look for the light, the Shape Shack <laughs> well, light. Well, speaking of which, I gotta get to Shake Shack now because I still have right. dinner. Okay, all right. So I guess on that note, there, there will, will be, be more to come.